0: My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a market market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. Other people want to make friends? I'm just trying to save you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate and teach you. So call me at one 800 743 cbc or tweet me at Jim Kramer. What can I say about the end of this first quarter other than good riddance? Another nasty fake-out day today where things looked pretty sturdy at first, but ended up terrible, just like this miserable quarter. The house of pain. Dow dipping 410 points, S&P shedding 1.60%. Nasdaq declined 0.95 percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average had its worst quarter ever. The craziest thing, though? Truly crazy? Do you know what could have been a lot worse? All sorts of stocks have roared since the bottom a week ago. S&P rose 19.9 percent at one point last week. And we're now leaving the quarter with almost as much hope. Certainly this morning we had it. Then despair. How is that possible when this pandemic's raging and the economy is in dire straits? Simple. After a vicious move down and this decline was as vicious as anyone's ever seen it, investors tend to regroup. They figure out what they can make peace with, but what's too toxic to touch. The ones they made peace with have stabilized. And can actually rally on good days, but they may not have bought them. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. At days like today, they're going to give up the ghost a little bit. But the, there's some terra firma there for some of these companies. The question now, are the stocks that led us in last week's rally the ones to buy here? I call them the major chords. Or will we have to switch back to the minor chords as we get more brutal coronavirus data? Tough call. We're dealing with an incredibly binary moment, people. Right now, we're in the midst of a biological world war. If we lose, all bets are off, except for the finest utility stocks with no earnings risk. that can keep living in a Depression. And there, I like Dominion, Southern Company and Con Ed. Think of them as insurance policies with juicy dividends. If AEP, American Electric Power, come down a little bit, that could join it. However, I think we can win the war. And if we win the war, the future is a lot more bullish than people think, because there's been a gigantic amount of money being pumped into this economy to save it with much more on the way, including, I hope, a kill COVID war bond that could raise $500 billion to build what we need here to be independent in the next pandemic. I'm a buyer. Like I keep telling you, we win by imposing a national lockdown and testing everybody so we can quarantine the sick and allow people who've recovered the immune to get on with their lives. In the meantime, we got to keep washing our hands and avoiding other human beings so the virus can't be spread. Don't make a joke about it. Think about it as starving the beast. Now, so far, we haven't done a great job of fighting this outbreak. That's not political. It's fact. It, well we weren't ready, like anyone can be ready for this, but we weren't ready. So why the heck am I confident that we'll win? Simple. This isn't the first time the United States has been dragged into a war it was woefully unprepared for. That's what happened, by the way, in World War II. And after an arduous slog, we ultimately beat the Axis powers, albeit with a lot of help from the Soviet Union. I think we'd do the same thing with COVID-19. Let's be, uh, let, let's be clear, though. A lot of people are going to die because we didn't take this disease seriously at first. And some people still aren't. And the reaper coming. It's horrible. The market doesn't care about the past. And in all honesty, it doesn't care about human life either. Its heart doesn't go out to anyone because the market's heartless. Heartless but rational. And what does the market see here? It sees a total mess. We're a service-based economy. Who do we service? Americans who buy things, cars and homes and iPhones and tables and chairs and flights and concert tickets. Right now, we're not buying much of anything, aside from canned food at the supermarket, bird's eye and staples. And there we get them from Amazon or Costco or maybe Walmart. The pandemic has robbed American consumers of their primary M.O., consumption. Worse, a lot of people rent things, important stuff like housing. And if they can't work, then they can't pay. A lot of corporations rent, too. That may be the Achilles heel of this decline. That's what you're going to have to follow. That's the battle. That's the tug of war. Paying off the banks versus not paying. So the consumer economy is dead in the the world. It's basically an induced coma. However, in a total oddity, parts of the business-to-business economy are doing very well. I'm talking about technology. What's all this mean for stock peaking in the second quarter? Okay, we're dealing with a barbell here. On the one hand, we have a list of companies that can thrive when the economy tanks, and many research houses are forecasting a 30% plus drop in GDP. That would be, you're going to study this period forever, man. You got the staples like Mondelez or Pepsi. We're going to hear PepsiCo—they like to call it. We're going to hear from Conagra later. Yeah, man, they blew away the quarter thanks to uh, Slim Jim and, and David Favre's favorite, Chef Boyardee. You got drugs like Johnson Johnson or Bristol Myers, which was nice today. And you got the stay-at-home economy tech plays at Zoom and uh, TeleDoc, uh, Citrix, Cloudflare, uh, AMD got hammered today. Kind of interesting, Nvidia. On the other end of the barbell, well, you got the stocks that you can th- that can thrive. Once the pandemic is over, which by the way does occur, think Disney, Boeing, Costco, Amazon, Walmart, Honeywell. I'm throwing in TJX because there's so many retailers going to go bankrupt; they can own everything. I'll be shopping there. I got a nice one to be long line, but the values are fantastic. I got a pair of black pants once for seven. Different story. The barbell's curiously imbalanced because aside from the staples and a few select techs, not many things are investable when the economy takes a huge header. You can't own the banks. They're, they're too on the hook for mortgages. Can't own the retailers away from the big box uh, winners. Why? Because they're being destroyed by the big boxes. You know, they just booted Macy's out of the S&P 500 this very evening. Can't own travel or transport because it's a very long time before people trust the process of vacation again. I was tempted for a moment to buy United Airlines as a hedge, but you know what? Eh, travel. Forget it. Forget it, Jake. It's travel. Airline ETF down 58% this year. Most importantly, you can't touch the oils. When the posted price for crude in the Permian Basin, our main production area, is actually 10 bucks lower than what you're seeing on the screen. It's not the 20 West Texas intermediates and 10 Permian. These prices will devastate the industry. If we don't get this outbreak under control soon, I bet oil could easily go a lot lower. No one's driving. I expect a host of natural gas companies to file for bankruptcy very soon. A foot race to the courthouse, same with the pipelines. Don't trust any of those ones with the 10, 15 percent yield. They're not, that's going to be taken from you. Stay away. Even with a call from Trump to Putin, I mean, there's, there's, there'll be no consolidation. People say, oh, well, they'll all consolidate. Sovereign oil companies know better than to buy soon-to-be-bankrupt companies. They buy them in bankruptcy. They're not idiots. Now here's the tricky part. I think we'll contain the coronavirus sometime in the next 50 days. So this I going to say 30, but the numbers. The Cuomo press guy. Kind of, I like the Cuomo, but holy cow, man! That's like a Stephen King thing going on there. Uh, I, I think that a combination of social distancing. I'm going to call it from now on physical distancing. I don't like the social. No one's talking to anybody. We just want to be far away from them. Physical distancing. But that doesn't mean we can't just go. Back. We're going to go back to the old world. Instead, we're going to have to adjust to a new one. Where fear is still in the air, and we need to stay home much more than we used to, and eat a lot of popcorn and Slim Jims. It's a world where we might need to switch back to shelter in place at a, any moment if the virus starts picking up steam again, because it's so evil, cynical, insidious. That's why I like the staples, and I want you to avoid anything cyclical, including autos and housing. I don't see those areas of the economy coming back anytime soon. I like Costco and Walmart because they have the balance to weather this crisis while the competitors drop like flies. If Home Depot and Lowe's get hit, they're interesting, too. In the third quarter, I'm betting we'll see a resurgence in consumer tech. That's Apple, Alphabet, and Facebook. No need to rush into these. I'm not trading any of them for my travel trust, but no need to rush into them. We need to make it through the second quarter. And that second quarter is going to be so ugly. I'm going to be coming out of here. It's going to be like 2007, 2008 all over again. You know? Hey, I'm Kramer. The bottom line, just like the first quarter, I'm betting the second quarter will be bad. Maybe not as bad as it could be, though. Three months from now, I think we'll be telling ourselves it could have been a whole lot worse. Still going to be very tough, though, which is why you need to stick with the staples, the utilities, and the stay at home economy tech stocks and avoid the oils, the transports, the travel, the leisure, anything that's involved in real estate, including the REITs and housing and the banks that finance them. And I've got others, but I think I have to do the rest of the show. Let's speak to Elizabeth in my old home state of Pennsylvania. Elizabeth!
1: Hey, Jim, how's it going? It's, good. It's, it's
0: It's fair to Midland. How about
1: you? <laughs> I'm doing well, thank you. I'm doing great. Okay, so I, ha- I have a question for you. It's from a woman's perspective. It's about something that men probably aren't thinking about right now. Okay. A huge population of women depend on salons and, salons and spas for personal beauty, for things like hair color, manicures. Right, right. And all the spas are closed. So we're buying beauty health, beauty care products from companies like Cody, and we're buying them off the shelf, and we're learning how to do all of this stuff ourselves. Okay. So I have a prediction that retail sales for beauty companies are going to spike, and that even after the salons open again, women will have learned the process, and they're going to continue to use these at-home products. So do you think that this is a reasonable assumption? And if so, do you think there could be a possible uptick in companies like Cody, Revlon, and CVS?
0: Um, OK, uh, it's a great question. Let, let's approach this from the point of view of Cody is a, a long shot. All right. You, you go to the horse track. You used to bet the ponies a lot. You go and you see someone say, oh, man, that's a 41 shot, 41 shot. I'll put a little money on that. If you win, you're genius. OK, that, but I have Ulta. And the Ulta probably a two and a half to one shot. That's the, probably the one I would want to be in. Uh, and then Revlon. Uh, that's uh, like Molly No show in, in the movie The Gauntlet. Let's go to Pat in Washington, please, Pat.
1: And a big Pacific Northwest
0: booyah to you, Jim. Oh, where my daughter used to live, booyah. We want to go back there. It was really great. What's up? So, with Ameren pharmaceuticals down over 70 percent. Oh, did you see overnight. that off a of judge's patent rule? Wasn't that something? Yes, down to $4 as we speak after hours today. So, even on appeal, is it worth holding you know what? I'm going to say at four dollars, that was an overreaction. I thought it might be able to jump to six. I read that and I said, are you kidding me? The judge just decided to wipe the company out. But uh, you know what? We live in strange times. What was that, like Confucius or something? Let me Google that. mean Jack in Texas, please,
1: Jack. Dr. Kramer, thank you for your taking my call.
0: Man, be um, careful. I'm a doctor. i got to do this. Like, every doctor in the world is being recruited at this very moment. And I thank every doctor. I thank every doctor within, like, a 50,000-mile radius in New York City. Go ahead. What's up?
1: Well, uh, I agree with you 100% on your analysis of medical <laughs> doctors. Wow. Um, I'm over 65, and dividends are becoming more important to me. I'm watching a stock, uh, this product I use, um, it's at a 52-week low. In fact, it seems to have been trending down regularly for the last five years. But its current low it's paying a really good dividend. And I'm wondering whether it can grow or at least maintain its dividend, uh, why it's been trending down for so long. The stock is Hanes Underwear.
0: OK, so here's why Hanes Underwear is trading down. It's trading down because it's it's sold in department stores and people feel that this is going to be the quarter where you're going to realize that no one sold a lot of Haynes. I'm with you, by the way. I think Haynes is an interesting spec because it's a profitable company and it, you know, and they're not bozos. I mean, they're like a really good company. Uh, but at the same time, you have to understand when the quarter comes out, everybody's freaking out these days. It's a freak out stock. I, I, I'm kind of with you. Don't know if they can. Uh, they had the firepower to maintain the dividend, but some say so did Macy's. And Macy's scared the living daylights out of people. Watch out, ET. There's a stock called Symbol's ET. It's not phoning home. Good riddance, you awful quarter. We're going into the second quarter with, ah, you know, some hope, some despair. Man, buddy, tonight, coronavirus concerns continue to dominate the headlines. So you may have missed the news that Palo Alto made a major acquisition day that puts it more in the home office business. I'm talking to the CEO about the move along with what the company's doing to help business work remotely and for its employees. Then, if you've been to a grocery store lately, you, you've seen many store shelves empty. You know what was in those? A lot of stuff like Slim Jims, Healthy Choice, Frozen Meals, Chef Boyardee. Uh, consumers, can they ride out the health crisis there with Gardene? And Bird's is impossible to find. You can't find Bird's Eye. I like the piece. I got the CEO. That's a, it's a good company, it's called Conagra. And I'm sitting down with the CEO of Agco to find out how it continues to keep agriculture running in a time of, let's say, uncertainty. So stay with Kramer. You know, I keep flogging the stay-at-home economy thesis, but there's one problem with the pure-play remote working stocks. They've all had these monster moves. move. So how about these less pure-plays, the companies with some exposure to the stay-at-home economy, that have other good things going? Consider the case of Palo Alto Networks, PNW. That's a major play in the cybersecurity space. This stock did get hammered during the meltdown, in part because they reported a suboptimal quarter near the end of February, right when everything was falling apart. Palo Alto is an enterprise software company, and most enterprises aren't exactly eager to spend a lot of money right now. But they also have a powerful stay-at-home kicker, helping businesses protect their networks from hackers as they rapidly scale up their remote work capabilities. And just this morning, Palo Alto announced that they're doubling down by acquiring CloudGenix for $420 million. Will that be enough to offset the gravitational pull of a much weaker economy? Let's take a close look with Nikesh Arora. He's the chairman and CEO of Palo Alto. Learn more about the deal and where the company's headed. Mr. Arora, welcome back to Mad Money. Thank you for having me, Jim. Okay, Nikesh, you got to start with the thing that's most important, which is that uh, everyone is very worried about what's going to happen to their employees uh, and very worried about what's going to happen in the future in in terms of layoffs, but also in terms of health. What can you commit to do for Palo Alto?
3: Well, Jim, thank you for asking the question. Uh, At Palo Alto Networks, we preempted this a little bit. Uh, We were one of the few first companies to send people home because we figured uh, people need to get established at home to be able to work well remotely so that we can continue to serve our customers. So we put the health and safety of our employees first. We have been in constant communication. And last night, uh, we announced the COVID relief fund and a a pledge that management has your back. We have committed to no COVID-19 layoffs uh, in our company uh, because people are very insecure. People are concerned about you know, whether they'll have a job when this economic thing comes back around. So we've made a commitment that people are going to be protected, the jobs are protected, there'll be no COVID-related layoffs. Additionally, me, our board and the company has committed to contributing four million dollars to match employees' donations and we're asking our employees to donate up to a million dollars or more. So we're hoping to have five plus million dollars raised very quickly. And the intent is to help our employees in need, first and foremost, to help our early wage workers and three, support the community that we're all in. So we've basically chosen to balance employees or people over profit in the short-term time frame because people are very concerned about what's going on around them. And will that include the CloudGenix people who just uh, were acquired? Yes, of course. Really? Yes, of course. Everybody who welcome is welcome to the Powell to Network family, once we acquire them, which you take four to six weeks, they're part of the family, and, that, and we don't make uh, distinctions.
0: We are used to companies being bought and then people being fired. You are not doing that. No, Jim, I think we will
3: come out of this. I think we'll come out of this strong, both as an economy and as a company. I think what form... The- the coming outtakes can be up for debate, whether it's a slow, protracted comeback, which I think is more likely than not. But at that time, it is our time to hunker down, put our heads down and continue to build great products because we are in a position to continue to be the
0: largest cybersecurity company in the world. And at times like this, it just shakes out the winners from the losers. Now, this cloud is important. You've got some great. You have a really good blog. And you, you you have incredible—I mean, I have seen, not clicked on, but seen some of the things that you talked about. And they are so easy to click on, and I really want to. And they seem to be directed entirely to me, but they're brilliant. And Cloud X flags them.
3: Well, Jim, there are two things going on out there. You know, one of the things that's happened in the last few weeks— every enterprise, every company out there was ready for a five to 10% of their employees working remotely. Overnight, we've had companies come and call and say, we'd like 100% of our employees be able to work remotely. No no dropping latency, high scalability, and full security. Now, this is not a word we had ever planned for. This is a word we had to evolve into and we've had to pivot overnight. It's not just us, some of your favorite names we talk about right. are in the same space, but you always forget us. But we have a similar product. We've seen a thousand customers trial our product in the last two weeks, just about going to remote secure access. So we're seeing a huge explosion. In one trend, which is about working remotely from home. And second trend, we're seeing is the bad guys are able to pull out their old tricks and use them again because people are working from home. Homes are not as secure as your enterprise. We're having to look at people. People are more likely to use their home laptops. In the last two weeks, 100,000 websites have registered corona virus or cure. Now, 100,000 websites are not all legitimate. These are You know, some of these websites are being stood up to be able to get into your credentials, to be able to compromise your email, to allow a road in back into your enterprise. And that's what we need to
0: protect people from. All right. Now, in your last quarter, you did say uh, that you we had actually you're look, you're incredibly candid, man. I've known that from the day I met you, which is one of the reasons I love you. You said we had execution misses the last two quarters that didn't grow faster than the market. We're confident that it yes. will grow at market or faster. It sounds like that those execution misses are the thing of the past. Is that fair to say? Well, Jim, I have
3: been really amazed and very proud of the team at Palo Networks over the last two or three weeks. The way the company has handled itself, the way the team has stepped up to the challenge, the way they're out there working seven by twenty four with the customers, going out there and making sure stuff is out out of the company in the customers' hands and deployed. We've had we've had school districts. We've had universities. We've taken them live in 48 hours. So I think the execution is back, is back full on. And I'm hoping this will translate into a good outcome for the company
0: in the future from an economic. I want to talk about the COVID relief fund. Uh, We are now in New York. We went from two weeks ago where no one knew anybody, but it sounded bad to now. uh, Then to everyone knows someone who got sick and now to everyone knows someone who died. Uh, you guys have a total lockdown out there. I obviously, I think that was a better public policy way to do it. Uh, your COVID relief fund, are, are, are is everybody safe?
3: Yes, everybody's safe. We've had a few cases like uh, many companies that we've been very careful about tracking, who they've been in touch with internally. We've called every one of our employees and people who've been around them to make sure they're safe. I think the cases are in single digits. We can count them. Um, so I think from from that perspective, we're safe. But the fund is for more than that. There are employees who have a family of two. Somebody else has got laid off. They work in the service industry. They need support. They need support to be able to work from home. They have three or four kids. They need support. That's what we're here for. The rest of the employees, they- Thousand of us have bandied together. I've foregone my salary Jim, for the next year. We're going to contribute this into the fund. We're going to make sure this money is available for employee base. We have hourly wage workers who work in our cafeteria who work in security. These people have no idea when we're going to go back to work. We right. need to make sure that these people are supported. they need economic support in these times. We also want to make sure at the same time we support the community whether we're in the community of Santa Clara or we're in Tel Aviv or we're in India. We need to make sure we have funds available to support all the great efforts that are ongoing to get us through this cycle of this COVID uh, pandemic.
0: Wow. Hey, look, thank you for taking the pledge. Thank you for doing much more than the pledge. Uh, and I'm sure that your your people, including Cloud Jamf, will be loyal for the rest of your life, as, for their lives, as they should be, because that's the right way to do it, Dick Aurora, Chairman and CEO of Palo Alto Networks. I love the new data you gave us. I hope to see you soon, sir. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Palo Alto, making some good changes. We have money be back after the break. As long as we're on lockdown, the packaged food companies can practically coin money. This morning, ConAgra brands reported some OK numbers, nothing that great. But management's commentary about the current quarter was just stunningly positive. We theorized that ConAgra's brands must be flying off the shelves thanks to the quarantine. When you can't go out to eat, able hey, well, Hebrew national chef Boyardee, Bertoli, Slim Jim's, Orville Redenbacher, Eye frozen veggies. They're exactly what you need. But now we got proof. Only last month, ConAgra had to cut its forecast because business was just OK. On the call this morning, though, management told us they're currently seeing significantly increased demand in the consumer business right now. And that's why the stock rallied nearly 4 percent on a terrible day. So let's take a closer look with Sean Conley. He's the president and CEO of ConAgra Brands. You'll hear more about the quarter and what's going on here. Mr. Conley, welcome back to Mad Money.
1: Hey, Jim, thanks for having me.
0: Well, Sean, these are astonishing numbers, and I just kind of want you to go down the aisles. The center of the store, I thought nobody went to, but I see Conagra product here, Conagra product there, and the numbers are stellar. Go through.
1: You know, Jim, we're selling everything we can make. Times like these call for extraordinary resiliency. Uh, We have an incredible responsibility. We've got to keep people fed, nourished, and as food often does, comforted. I guess you could say we're... We're doing good by tasting good, but right now we're running flat out to keep our food coming, and I'm incredibly proud of our team as they navigate these challenging times.
0: Uh, Sean, Birdseye, my supermarket, nothing, nothing, no Birdseye. How's that possible?
1: Yeah, it's uh it's selling out as soon as the trucks arrives at the store. The good news is we've had really no disruption at our plants. That's where our heroes are, the plant folks that are making products round the clock seven days a week so we can keep it coming. My advice is try to time your trip with when the trucks show up at the store because it doesn't last very long once it arrives on shelf. Wow.
0: That's unbelievable. Now how about this brand that's been around a little bit? that my vegan daughter uh, introduced me to, and we have a lot of vegetarians in the staff. Gardene, what kind of numbers? You're putting up 24% number?
1: Yeah, Gardene was growing uh, robustly even before this crisis, Jim, and it's, uh, like much of our portfolio, it's only accelerated since. And I think what you're seeing here is consumers are eating everything at home, breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacking, and desserts. So, we're selling all kinds of food across all kinds of day parts uh, because people are sheltering in place. And that's a good thing. And we're trying to do our part.
0: Now, uh, I was kidding with my partner, David Faber, who's never done anything in his life other than have his wife serve for him. But this, uh, that's a joke. But Chef Boyardee, now I know some of that was promotional, but that had numbers like I haven't seen in years
1: yeah i mean chef boyardee uh is a classic canned good when you see a crisis like this the way it unfolds jim is you tend to see canned goods move first but very quickly after that we saw a shift to frozen and the frozen portfolio that we have which is quite large uh has really matched the the center store grocery business in terms of growth rates and more recently we've seen it move over to our snacks business as well which is growing which is growing every bit as fast as the rest of it so chef boyardee uh, it was growing nicely before COVID. It's doing very well now. People are having uh, flashbacks to their childhood like David, and hopefully they're having a good eating experience. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, you uh, are
0: asked in the conference call about the intermediate. I mean, what? Look, one day we hope this thing ends. Holy cow, this is a bad thing. Uh, what do you think is the possibility that people say, you know what? My childhood food turned out to be much, made much better than it used to be, and, I, and it's less expensive. I'm sticking with it.
1: Well, the place where I, that makes the most sense to me, Jim, is in the frozen business. As you know, the frozen uh, food business, the portfolio of ConAgra, has been completely rebuilt in right. the last five years. So the quality is much greater than it used to be. And a lot of consumers in this crisis are experiencing that for the first time. And I'm sure they're going to take note of it. And it should be a positive going forward. But that said, you know, that's really not what we're thinking about right now. We have a important responsibility here, and that's to keep people fed and try to keep them comforted in this time of high stress. But you also uh,
0: have made some uh, use of a very novel company to do the, the compostable packaging. And, and i think once people see that they also it, it it eliminates an objection that the millennials might have had to what you were serving
1: well you're exactly right jim uh, when you look at our products in frozen right now many of them are not in the classic plastic trays and a lot of consumers don't like that they're in right. uh, uh plant-based packages that look like butcher paper you'd get from from your local butcher so they're they're very popular uh, this will be the first time many people experience that and I think they will find it a superior alternative like the other people who have tried these products before them.
0: Um, help me with the term that you use uh, that, that can uh, make things more uh, illuminating. You bent the trend in Legacy Pinnacle Foods. The word bent made it, it was kind of like a geometrical uh, drawing, but I thought maybe you could explain this. This is important because it's an acquisition you made that we really want to pay off. A lot of parts are already paying off, but this seems like it's an inflection point.
1: Yeah. When, when we acquired the pinnacle business, we found several of the key businesses were in a little bit tougher shape uh, than we thought they would be. And when we got under the hood to look at what was ailing them, uh, we quickly told our investors, look, there are no shortcuts here. We're going to do this the right way, and it's going to take some time. And you should expect that when we get to the back half of our fiscal year, we will begin bending that trend because we will have pulled the weakness weak spots weak items out of the market. We will have rebuilt new items and introduced them to the market. And then you'll see a methodical trend bend upward. And that's exactly what we saw in the third quarter. And we see that continuing right through today. And that's a very good thing, Jim, because one of the big reasons we we acquired the Pinnacle portfolio is because we have so much confidence in Frozen as right. the perfect food form for today's consumer. And a lot of the Pinnacle brands like Birdseye are just iconic uh, brands that have done well for many years and they just needed to be modernized.
0: Well, you have another iconic brand that a lot of great companies in consumer packaged goods. McCormick reported a very good number, but had weakness in food service. You have a food service business, too, that's very important. Uh, do you think that that can be uh, offset by all the good things we've just been talking about?
1: Yeah, about 10% of our business, Jim, is food service, and uh, we have important customers in the food service channel of trade, important uh, consumer patrons at the who are sitting at the table having this experience, and obviously that's been disrupted. We will more than make up for that weakness with uh, the strength of our retail business, our at-home consumption business. Uh, but, you know, let's face it, over the last uh, 20 years, uh, consumers have really uh, fallen in love with eating away from home, so we do expect it to bounce back. Uh, And we're rooting for the food service uh, folks because there are a lot of people in the food service industry struggling right now. And and uh, and we're hoping that resolves itself, too, because they they run great businesses.
0: Uh, I would be wrong not to uh, if I didn't bring up Slim Jim, uh, which is just doing incredibly well. Dave's, which is doing incredibly well. Duke, uh, you know, just talk about the convenience store, because a lot of people felt that people aren't going out to the convenience store. But your
1: numbers are too good for me to believe that that's the case. Yeah, what I think is happening there, Jim, is people are prioritizing online shopping and traditional retailers. And so we're, we're, we're beginning to see a bit of a mix shift. Our C store snack business is a little bit lighter than our previous run rate, but we are making that up in traditional channels of trade. So you still see very strong numbers in our snack business across the board, but there, there is a different dynamic happening in C store than is happening in traditional retail because people are really trying to stay out of, stay out of the store as much as they can and they want to make those trips, big stock up trips, and that tends to point to traditional bricks and mortar grocers, super centers, and online.
0: Yeah, but what do you say to someone like my wife who lives on Swiss Miss every morning? She has Swiss Miss. But she because she has it every morning, she goes she buys it online. I mean how much money can you make on that?
1: We our margins are, are uh good online it's it's not a dilutive experience for us our online business has exploded Jim yeah. we are actually growing uh, faster 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 every quarter and now our growth is outpacing our competitors so we're gaining share online and that didn't happen by accident we've invested to build a team there to work with the 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 traditional retailers who built their online business as well as the pure blood e-tailers and that business is thriving for us and uh, we've we've got very collaborative relationships as you might imagine in times like now when when those uh, retailers are really looking for steady supply. Right.
0: Well, yeah, you're one of the stories that worked during this period. And I think it's going to work continually because you offer good value. And that's what people want. So, uh, Sean Conley, president and CEO of ConAgra, uh, thank you so much for that for that hopeful outlook and, and a deserving reaction in the market. Always good to talk to you, thank sir. You, Jim. Take care. Mad Money's back after the break. We know this pandemic has been devastating. It's a devastating vast swaths of the economy. But what about businesses that are truly essential, like the food chain? Take Agco, the big maker of farm equipment. Here's a company that was having a tough time before COVID-19 took the world by storm. And then last week, they had to withdraw their full-year guidance. They weren't alone. Believe me, it's impossible to forecast when you don't know how long this outbreak will be with us. Nevertheless, AGCO is bending over backward to get farmers the machinery they need without putting its workforce in danger. Make no mistake, this is an essential business. So let's check in with Martin Rieschenhagen. He's the chairman, president and CEO of AGCO. To get a better sense of his company's this unprecedented disruption, Mr. Riesenhagen, welcome back to Mad Money. Good evening, Jim. Great uh, to talk to you. All right. Now, Martin, you are probably the most international of our guests because you've got business in the U.S., Germany, France, United Kingdom, Canada, Brazil, Sweden, Italy. Uh, I know you do business in Russia. You do business everywhere. Uh, COVID has just destroyed the world's economy. Is there a hope that it can come back?
2: Well, it's let's say the times are tough. And I would like to use uh, an example. It's uh, more difficult, of course, to sail a ship. In rough seas, but we have a rock-solid ship. We have a super-motivated crew, and we have a solid captain. And on top of that, my COO is the second in, in command. is really leading the the, the 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 direction, and we are doing the right things. So when it comes to your question, how we are doing globally, it depends. Here in the US, we work with all factories at capacity. No big impact yet. Uh, in Europe, depending on the various uh, um, legislation and rules, we had to close down certain factories in Germany, uh, Italy, and so on, are uh, on short time. But we usually do have a summer vacation where the factory is closed. And so we think we can catch up then in, uh, in during this time. In Brazil, we are very good in coordinating between our industry, not only us, also our peers and the suppliers in order to get the supply chain in order. And uh, so in China, we are back uh, in, uh, in, back working in the factories. So that means overall, uh, I'm slightly optimistic that we will uh, prove that we are a rock solid company and as soon as the windows, uh, window opens again, I will buy Echo shares. You will buy it just in the
0: open market? Yes. All right. Now, let's go back to Brazil. Uh, in the conference call, you weren't that happy with Brazil. You felt, and some of the analysts felt, that you did not necessarily have the right machines. But has that changed? Because you had that beautiful machine here. And I thought that that would have been a big seller in Brazil because they like gigantic machines. Yeah, we didn't, but this, the big machines were not our
2: problem. Those small machines were our problem. We decided to come in with a new generation of uh, improved, higher technology, small tractors. But the the market wanted to have the old-fashioned but cheap standard tractors as well. And so we, we it was an easy fix because we brought the, those tractors back and we are now selling them again. And market share is coming back as well.
0: All right, so let's go back to China. I need a little hope here. Uh, You're seeing China go back to normal because a lot of people are saying, Jim, don't be fooled. They're not going out at night. Don't be fooled. They can't have crowds. Hey, listen, I just want people to be healthy. I mean, you got people buying buying equipment?
2: Well, actually, the difference between us and other other industries is we are critical. So we are part of feeding the world, which is also our vision, high-tech solutions for farmers feeding the world and farms still work and operate so they need equipment and that's different from airlines or or other equipment which is just not used our equipment is used we need to service the equipment we need to deliver parts and the advantage of our digitalization and our advanced Mm -hmm. technologies is we can do remote monitoring we do remote service So that means we are in a position to support
0: our product also in these tough times. Okay, now I've read through the uh, the two point two trillion dollar stimulus package. It's got some good news for farmers. I have always felt that when farmers get money, they want to buy new equipment that makes them more efficient. I have to believe that the return on investment on a brand new Agco uh, tractor is such that they should take advantage of the money they're getting and buy one.
2: That's what they're doing. They basically buy a pickup truck first and then the tractor. Uh, So that means we we think they will invest because also uh, the American farmer suffered a lot before from the sanctions from China and so uh, the complete package now with the chinese most probably buying again and buying more in the future and uh, subsidies i think i'm slightly optimistic that we see uh, a better market here in the united states and canada
0: all right let me just say uh, let's think a little bit further than just uh, covid uh we had beyond midwan uh Uh, Ethan Brown, terrific guy. Uh, We just interviewed the uh, CEO of uh, of Conagra. They've got plant-based stuff. I know uh, there's some other companies all working plant-based. Plant-based is big. Doesn't that play into Agco's sweet spot versus, say, uh, cows? Yeah, we are
2: much stronger, of course, or we're very strong in uh, the big professional arable farms. Uh, certainly here in the United States, and therefore this uh, industry, this segment is in, important to us. But we also have uh, decent, uh, we, are, we have very great products. We have the world-leading baler coming here from the United States, the Massey Ferguson Heston baler. So that means we have also very attractive product for the dairy farms.
0: Excellent. Well, look, Martin, it's always great to see you and uh, be with someone who's got a good secular trend regardless of COVID. That's Martin Rieschenoggi. the chairman, president and CEO of ADCO, who, by the way, let's not bury the lead, said that when he can buy stock, he will do so. May have Money's back after the break. In and then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, skiing? Daddy over the night. round. we're going to start with Chase in New York. Chase! Booyah, Jim. Booyah, Chase. Long time watcher, fellow Eagles fan. Go, Birds. Go, Birds.
1: I'd like to get your take on Peloton stock ticker PT. Okay, look, I think
0: Peloton is very interesting. I'll tell you why. Because it is the ultimate stay-at-home stock to stay home and work out. I don't know whether if we have a real bad recession, people will still buy it. But at least it does have a good thesis. How about Ben in Pennsylvania? Ben! Hi, Jim. Hi, Ben. My name is Ben. I'm 17, and I'm from Philadelphia. Yes. Two weeks ago I sold SoRA after it grew by 300%, should I nice. reinvest in it or should I buy Uber? Uh, wow, I mean, you put a gun in my. So you take the gun to my away from uh, you. you, you uh, Solar Edge is pretty dangerous, I think. But you made it. Don't go back to the same one. Uber, and we gotta have a better balance sheet. But I, I support the idea long term. I absolutely support the idea long term. We're gonna beat this. I got Dr. Fauci. Uh, we got Dr. Fauci on the team. Let's go to Olivia in New York. Olivia. Booya, Jim. Booya.
1: Um, I was I was just wondering what your thoughts on New are.
0: Okay, so Nucor got upgraded today. It was a very thoughtful upgrade. Nucor is the only company that has gone through this whole, every one of these great downturns and come out on the other side. It yields 4.4%. If it yields 5, I like it. But remember, we are going into a serious recession where a lot of things are not going to get built. I need to go to Edwin in Ohio. Edwin!
3: Hey, Mr. Kramer. Thank you for taking my call. And, um... My
2: question is about Planet Fitness and what you think. The uh, you know, the before this,
0: before the epidemic, the pandemic, the what epidemic, uh, it was one of my favorite stocks. But now we got to see the curve be bent. and We got to see the physical distance. We got to see all these things that are real bad for business. So I prefer to wait now and see what happens. How about Josh in California? Please, Josh. No, you know what? We're going to hold Josh till tomorrow if we can. Uh, I'll have to take some calls and do some things back right, back with the people behind the set and get that done. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is the conclusion of the lightning round. The
3: lightning round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
0: We can finally imagine what a post-pandemic future might look like now that our country is getting its act together. The world will never be the same, though. Seeing makeshift hospitals in Central Park in New York City, it's like seeing that hospital sprawled out and gone with the wind after the Battle of Atlanta. To see a hospital ship come into New York Harbor to cheers makes you feel the city is under siege. That's why I keep saying it's like Pearl Harbor, another history-defining event where we were caught totally flat-footed. COVID's changing the world, too, albeit in different ways. Things will never be the same because we're fighting a war against this disease and the battlefield no place for commerce. No one's getting combat pay. People are just trying to stay alive, defeated mostly by their disbelief that this thing could be so virulent. The remaining healthy population now wages a guerrilla war against each other. Who's fighting the coronavirus and who's spreading it? Do we have an appointment in Samara? Is this a mask of the red death scenario where you try to hole up only to bring the disease with you? We just didn't know. We didn't know that until yesterday. See, yesterday we learned that Abbott Labs has a test that can detect the virus in five minutes. Sure, they can only make 50000 a day to start, but this is Abbott Labs we're talking about. It's one of the best-run companies on Earth. If anybody's going to do it, they are. A rapid-fire test is exactly what we need to turn the tide. Once people know they have it, they'll be much more likely to self-quarantine. When we know who's sick and who's healthy, we can start returning to some semblance of normalcy, which we do not have. Of course, we still don't have enough masks and gowns to stop this thing from tearing its way through our hospitals. Long ago, we outsourced all of our production capacity overseas. That was our way. Regular viewers know I have a very low opinion of the Chinese government. But if we could work with Stalin to beat Hitler, we could absolutely work with Xi Jinping to beat the coronavirus. We all all need to work together to stop this pandemic. Fortunately, behind the scenes, the White House seems to be working to get key protective gear from China. But let's face it, we need a billion masks, a billion gowns for our frontline soldiers and their soldiers. You don't have to like the Communist Party. But when it comes to making personal protective equipment at scale, the Chinese communists only game the town. So we have a test. We're working on a vaccine. We're trying out this malaria drug in combination with an antibiotic. There's an abstruse French study showing that it works, though it wasn't rigorous. No peer review. Some people want to believe the study's all that matters. But I say we let Dr. Fauci decide if and when the malaria drug actually works. If you think Fauci's withholding a viable treatment after his heartbreaking, albeit relentless experiences trying to s- save people's lives during the HIV epidemic, you are obtuse. Do not be like the word in Shawshank. Look, this war is still in its early stages, but yesterday we had a small victory with this test from Abbott Labs. We sure needed one. So just remember, we can chip away at this thing. One little victory at a time. We know it's possible. Please don't give up hope. Step with This volatility is unheard of, people. Use it to reevaluate your portfolio.
1: You're the best. Thank you very much for your show and advice throughout the years.
0: We have your back, and we will get through it together. Thanks for always being willing to stick your neck out and give us your honest, informed opinion. I want you to know we appreciate you trying to help us out. I'm there for you, all right? These times, I am playing for you. You get every bit of my knowledge. I'm just trying to do my best for you. We always get through these together. Will this time be any different? Temptations to buy the down and out stocks, the cruise players, the airlines, the oils. I am telling you to resist those, particularly the oils. I think this is the quarter where the dominoes fall. That things are very, very bad in oil, far worse than you realize. And I think that that's going to be the point of pain, along with the real estate investment trust with the biggest yields. I think they are further dominoes. Don't reach for those. Reach for the high-quality technology companies, but most importantly, the staples and the utilities. So like to say there's always a bull market somewhere. I'm trying to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Kramer. See you tomorrow. CMC's Market term- in Turmoil with my friend Scott Wapner starts right now.